It is a simple fact of life that sometimes life feels pretty good and sometimes life doesn't feel particularly good. And I think it pretty much goes without saying that life is a whole lot better when you feel good. Life is a whole lot better when life feels good. I mean, when all of your relationships with each other are working, life is wonderful. When your money, you got money coming in and you can pay the bills, life is pretty good. When your health is good, life seems better than ever. When your kids behave themselves without you having to nag them into submission, life is good. When your employers are doing the job for which you paid them, life is good. Yeah, life is really good at moments like these, but as we talked about last week, there are times when we have, do you remember that word last week? Those vacancies that come into our lives. Times when our needs aren't immediately taken care of, when the problems that we have in life are not immediately solved. Now, what do you do when you've got problems? I remember one of the times people, a person came to my office and they said to me, Pastor, I've got problems, big problems. And I said, good for you. And they're like, what? I said, good for you. Now you and God have an opportunity to work together. In fact, James begins in chapter 1 by saying what? Count it all good when you've got all of these problems of all these different times. Now you and God have an opportunity to work together. In fact, I've told people at different times that your problems are really a divine invitation, if you will, to put your faith into action. The problems or the vacancies in your life are God-ordained opportunities to experience that outpouring power in your life. Now, God does not respond to your wants and needs. I think you understand that. God responds to our faith. We talked about that last week. Now, understand that God does care about your needs. That's for sure. God wants to help you with your needs. But it is really your faith in God through Jesus Christ that moves him to action. That's what we saw last week in the first part, our first message on more power to you. Did anybody remember the key verse from last week? Maybe I should just wait once and see if we get an answer. I'll help you. It came from Matthew chapter 9. Do you remember what Jesus said to the blind men? He said, do you believe I can do this? And they get, yeah. And Jesus said to them what? According to your faith, it will be done to you. Or maybe you remember from the message translation, it says, Become what you believe. What are you expecting God to do by faith in your life? See, this series is all about faith and how to tap into the potential of faith And what we're going to see in this series is that faith is the key that kind of unlocks the power of God in your life. And we saw last week that it all begins with this attitude of expectancy. It's choosing to expect the very best of God in everything. I think of the Eighth Commandment where it says that we should not, you know, defame our neighbor. But it adds at the end, but we should 
put the best construction on everything. That's like, you know, they say, there's some people who get up in the morning and they go, good Lord, it's morning. And there are other people who get up and they say, good Lord, it's morning. This is the day the Lord has made. I, I will rejoice and be happy. I'm expecting the very best from this day. It's choosing to expect God to do that. Now, the key word here really is choosing. Faith is a choice that you make, but that's not all it is. There's much more to faith than just working up some sort of a positive mental attitude. But i got to tell you, I run into a lot of, I'd call them churchy people. And by churchy people, I mean people who've been in church for a long, long time who don't really understand about faith. In fact, they have the idea that faith is a feeling, that is a real strong feeling in your heart. Faith is kind of like that quiver in your liver, you know, that somehow manifests itself with this certainty that is devoid of any doubt. And people who have that feeling that faith is a feeling think that when they become a person of great faith, they can pray for a miracle at any time and and they'll know it, they'll feel it, they'll, they'll just know that God is about to do something great. Now here's the problem. These kind of people have the idea that faith is a feeling. That faith somehow resides deep in your gut. They feel if you feel right, if you feel good, you've got faith. But these are the same people who say, if you don't feel right, you must not have much faith. Oh, poor me. So when they pray, they try to conjure up these feelings. And, and sometimes they can work themselves up to a frenzy. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, and when it, it doesn't, when their prayers aren't answered the way that they think they ought to be answered, I've heard somebody say this. I must not feel it enough. My faith must be so weak. Well, friends, if this is you, you're dead wrong. I can't put it any simpler. You're dead wrong. Faith is not something you feel. Faith is not this quiver in the liver. Faith is something you decide. It's something you do. It's a choice you made to think and act a certain way. And when you want to engage your faith... It's not about engaging your feelings. It's about engaging your thoughts. It's about engaging your actions. That's why last week we talked about how faith begins with an attitude of expectancy. And I think I even said last week, I know all of you are very interested in how I feel, and I told you last week I felt about 85%, right? Uh, my doctor told me I, I didn't feel that good. <laughs> he says... Ratchet it down a little, or to use President Obama's word, recalibrate your thoughts. I won't go there. As a result, I kind of overdid it yesterday. But it does not negate the fact that I fully expect God to heal me. That's my beginning to this. I fully expect God, Jehovah Rapha, to do what he promises to do. I am the God who heals all of your diseases. That's an expectation of faith. Now we're going to see today that it needs to be tied into something else. 
This week we're going to look at how you express that faith through what you do. Now on the screen you're going to see a couple of Bible passages here. James put it this way in the text today, verse 17. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is what? Dead. A little further, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Now, I put a definition up there for you. Works means corresponding actions. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. Now, I can have all the faith in the world that God is going to make me better, but am I going to do some corresponding actions that are going to kind of prove that what I believe is true? Now, he doesn't say that faith without an emotional rush is dead. He doesn't say that faith without corresponding feelings is dead. He says that faith without works, these corresponding actions, is dead. So if you want to kind of ignite your faith, back it up with what you do. Put simply, if I expect God to make me feel better, then maybe I ought to do the things that will make me feel better, like take my medication, listen to what the doctor says, those kinds of things. Well, let me give you a few ways to put your faith into action today. Here's number one. Take actions that are consistent with what you're asking for. I mean, what are you asking God for today? What are you expecting God to do? Let me tell you a story about an acquaintance of mine. don't know him real well, but I served on a, on a parachurch ministry with him a number of years ago. He was facing some real life-threatening health issues, and it was at this point when he was probably sickest that he and his family and all of his friends and the particular church that he belonged to, and even we as fellow board members, we were just praying that somehow, some way, God would miraculously intervene and heal him. Now, i got to tell you that one reason this man was so sick was that he had a number of lifestyle habits that were not very conducive to good health. First of all, he was very sedentary. Second of all, he was overweight, and his, his diet basically consisted of pork products and sugar. And when the doctor told him to clean up his act, he resisted. His family got in his face. His wife said, you've got to start taking better care of yourself. You've got to get rid of some of those bad habits. You've got to start eating right, and you've got to start eating right right now. And he said, if God gets me through this, I promise I'll get serious about my health. His son said, Dad, God is not going to heal you until you get serious about your health. And he told his son, what's the point of my giving up the food I like if I'm just going to die anyway? Now, let me tell you something. With his words, he was asking God for a miracle But through his actions, he wasn't asking God for anything at all. I'm expecting God to heal me completely. But if I don't take some corresponding actions that are consistent with what I'm expecting, guess what, friends? I'm really not asking God for anything. If I expect God to heal my marriage, but I don't take any corresponding actions... You understand how that works? Faith is something you do. See, here's the good news, though. This man started doing now 
what he would be doing later if his health were better. He gave up bacon. He gave up pork sausage. gave up eating biscuits and gravy. He wouldn't do well down here in the South, would he? He gave up donuts. And he actually started walking. He started walking mostly just around his house, then around the neighborhood. For years, he told us that he slept every night in a recliner with the television blaring all night long. And he finally decided maybe he should go back to his own bed. He started living today as he would be living if his health actually were back. And you know what? He actually started feeling a little bit better. In fact, a whole lot better than he'd felt for years. His, his turnaround was so dramatic to be anything less than miraculous. But he'd be quick to tell you today that he did not do this on his own. He was relying on the power of God to restore his health, and he took those corresponding actions to increase the power of his faith. Now, I want you to think about yourself for a moment, friends. No doubt there are some of you here this morning who are believing God to accomplish something in your life. Now, I've used myself as an example, you know, just physically. I, I, I'm desiring of, you know, I want to be back to about as normal as I get. Would that be okay, Courtney, if I could get back kind of normal? I don't know what this young lady is expecting God to do in her life. You're still just kind of a young kiddo. But there may be something that you really would hope that God would do in your life. I talked to somebody yesterday who has sent a daughter to Christian camp for four years in a row and for three years came home and said, how was it? And they said, it was okay. But this year when she picked up her daughter, everything had changed. Her daughter got off and she says, Mom, Jesus is real. And as I talked a little bit, I said, how do you feel? She said, you know, I've been believing that God could do this. I've been believing this for years. I said, well, what did you do after you believed? She said, I've been praying. See, I'm taking some corresponding action. And I saw to it that I put my daughter in a place where something like this could possibly happen. What actions can you take right now that are consistent with what you expect God to do in your life? Now, I, that's a serious question because, sadly, we kind of sit around and we say things like, well, when and if God solves this problem, then I'll get serious about doing what's right. Or when and if God heals my marriage, then I'm going to be a better husband or wife. Or when and if God gives me a better paying job, then I'm going to work harder. I'm going to be a harder working employee. Or when and if God takes care of my finances, then I'll consider being more generous or tithing or whatever, or when and if God heals my body, then I'll start taking care of myself. Well, friends, you need to understand that there will not be a when and if until you start taking some corresponding action right now. Things that are consistent with what we're asking God to do. So, you know, ask yourself, do you want to ignite your faith? I think all of us do. Then we need to just take some steps that are consistent with what we're trusting God to do. I mean, I can give you all kinds of examples. You know, we just got off of a, a great vacation Bible school, and I know that Nancy was expecting God to bless this. She was hoping that God, she was expecting God to do it, but if she just said, I ordered the materials, I'm done. God, do your stuff. <laughs> I'm not sure what would happen. What do you do? You take steps that are consistent with what you expect God to do. 
God give you a brain for something other than just to keep your ears apart. Use it. He gave you some skills of organizational ability or whatever it may be. God says, take some action. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. Take actions even when you aren't sure of the end result. Now, I tell you, my, my friend from the, from the board started taking steps to improve his health, even though he wasn't sure he'd get better. I mean, he was very honest. He said, frankly, there was a chance that I could give up bacon and still die. He's right. But he decided that it was a chance he'd take, even though he had no guarantees. Now, very few things in life come with a guarantee. That's for sure. Although, two weeks from today, I'm going to talk, you, talk to you about the, the guarantees faith makes in your life. See, one of the ways we express faith is to take actions even when we don't have certainty about how things will turn out. I have another young friend who's a youth pastor. He used to belong to our church. He lives out in Colorado now. And uh, he posted a story online not long ago. And he was taking a busload of teenagers on an 11-hour ride to a youth event. And I thought, well, you've got to be crazy to be a youth pastor to do that. But I thought if anybody could do it, Jeffrey could probably do it. One of the girls that was invited to go along decided not to go, he said. And the reason was because um, she suffered from terrible migraines that typically started getting worse after she'd ridden a long time in a vehicle. But you know how it is when one girl doesn't want to come, how the other girl starts... And they kept begging her to come, and you got to come, it'll be so much fun. And finally, she decided that she would go. But Jeffrey said about three hours into the trip, this girl began to experience a terrible migraine. Now, normally, when these attacks would happen, it would, it, they'd have to run their full course, three or four days. Now, what the youth pastor did was to gather his whole group around this young lady for prayer asking for God's intervention on this young girl's behalf. And about 30 minutes later, she lifted her head and she opened her eyes, and the migraine was gone. I mean, a young girl thought, this is absolutely incredible. This never happens. I've never gotten relief from a migraine this fast in my life. And what's really remarkable, as he tells the story, is that in the following months and even the couple of years that he's been there, she has never, ever had a migraine again. God healed her permanently on a bus trip. Now, I want you to think for a moment the risks that this young girl took. She went on the trip not knowing exactly what was going to happen, but she was trusting that God would somehow get her through. And she went on the trip willing to deal with the the misery of a migraine, if necessary. I guess evidently she decided if it, was, it would be worth it to take the trip. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I am not here this morning to tell you that every time you take a calculated risk that it will pay off in your favor. That's not how life works, and I think you know that. Sometimes we don't get the results that we expect, and even sometimes we don't get the same results that other people get in the same situation. You know, and now faith was like some sort of a rigged slot machine, you know, that paid off 100% of the time. That wouldn't take much faith. Faith means taking action even when there's some risk involved. 
That young girl was healed of her migraines during the retreat. But what if she hadn't been healed? You ever think about that? I mean, that was my first thought. I wonder what would happen if nothing happened. Her migraine just lasted three or four days. I mean, what if she had had that discomfort? Well, it could have happened. But see, she was willing to take that chance. I think you know that there will be times when you take action. When you step out in faith that you might not get the desired results. There will be some times when you will step out in faith and it's going to hurt a little bit. In fact, let's be honest. Sometimes you're going to step out in faith and it's going to hurt a lot. There will be times when God comes through for you just like that, right away. And other times where only God knows the answer to this question, he seems to delay it. But friends, you need to learn how to take that step of faith. Even when you don't know what's going to happen, even when you don't know how long it's going to take, even if you, there's a good chance you might even have to suffer a little bit, we demonstrate our faith when we are willing to walk into uncertainty and endure that hardship, trusting that God will there, is there and put those corresponding actions in. Now here's the third thing I would tell you from the text. Take actions even when you don't feel like it. Boy, believe me, there will be times when uh, you're not going to feel like it. I still remember when Bill Bennett was Secretary of Education. He talked about getting a wedding invitation. We got two young newlyweds over here. I know you didn't send us congratulations again to you. Um, But they sent out a wedding invitation that said, please join us in this great celebration for, for as long as love will last. That's what it said, for as long as love will last. And Bill Bennett said, I sent them the perfect gift, paper plates. <laughs> because some people forget that love is a verb. Love is an action. Love is not a feeling. Quite honestly, some days Nancy wakes up, she doesn't feel very good about me. <laughs> Believe it or not, I know you have a hard time believing that, Mary, but it's true. And guess what? There are some days I don't feel it either. Now, we're just pretty good that we keep those days separate. <laughs> but see, love is not a feeling. It's an action. Faith is not a feeling. It's something you do. But boy, don't we catch ourselves thinking sometimes like, this isn't fun. This isn't easy. In fact, this isn't doing any good. Or there'll be times when you're going to say, I'm trusting God to save my marriage, but I don't really feel very, very much like being nice to her right now. There are times when you're going to say, I'm trusting God to heal the bond between me and my kids, but I tell you right now, I'd like to smack them a good one. There will be times when you're going to say, I'm trusting God to heal my finances, but by golly, right now, I just feel like going out and spending stuff. See, there will be times when you just don't feel like taking that step of faith, following through on corresponding actions. Here's what I believe about it. I believe that God, though, is pleased with even the little itty-bitty steps. God God is pleased with any steps you take. But, you know, those steps that you take when you're in the face of uncertainty, those steps that you take in the face of fear... 
I think, give us a little bit more extra mileage, you might say. And those steps we take in the face of discouragement, the steps we take in the face of frustration or just plain stubborn resistance, they give us a little extra mileage on this trip we call being Christ followers. See, God is especially pleased when we choose to live by faith and not feelings. He's pleased when we choose to do what's right rather than what's comfortable. I've said it before, faith is not something you feel. It's something you decide. It's something you do. And if you want to see God work in your life, I'd encourage you right now to adopt an attitude of expectation in God's goodness and his mercy and in his willingness to to pour blessings down in your life. It's as simple as saying, decide right now what you're going to expect God to do. I don't know, have you thought much about that since last week? Has something come up to your mind? You say, man, I really expect God to do this in my life. This is what I'm trusting God for. But then to begin doing things that are consistent with what you're asking for. Make decisions as if God has already healed you. Make decisions as if God has already blessed you or he's already changed your marriage and on and on. You know, continue the path, those decisions, even when the outcomes don't seem to be quite what you're looking for. I mean, Paul even said, you know, I press on, I press on. I'm not going to look backwards. We press on even when we don't feel like pressing on. I mean, so don't let discouragement or laziness or a bunch of yammering friends who sometimes don't know anything, don't let them keep you from missing out on what God has in store for you. I'm going to say it one more time. Faith is not something you feel. And because it's not something you feel, then I I want you to understand, then you don't need to worry about whether your feelings are strong or weak. Remember that there's a story of the man in the Bible who even came to Jesus and says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Faith. Even the faith of a mustard seed can move a, a tree, a mountain. See, faith is something you decide and something you do. I just want to challenge you again today to put your faith into action. And guess what? Today is a good day to do it. Today is a special day. Does anybody know, besides my wife, and it's not our anniversary, by the way, what today is? Actually, the day is tomorrow. Today is only July the 26th, but on July the 27th, in the year 19. 19, something happened. What? I saw you shaking your head. I thought it was either... (laughs) It was the first worship service ever for First Lutheran Church. Now, what has our little theme been this year? 90 years, this far by what? Faith. This far by faith. In other words, it's a recognition that we have gotten this far by doing what? Expecting God to do. And then taking some corresponding actions and trusting that God would bless it. Thought about that a lot this last week. And I'm going to apologize a little bit. I really... If I'd have felt better this last month, we probably would have done something even more special to celebrate this day, but that's okay. 
I got to thinking to myself, what do we as a church expect now? What do we expect God to do now? You ever thought about that? We got this far by faith. Should we just say, oh, oh good, thank you, we're done. Or do we say, I wonder how the next 90 will go. What will the next 10 years bring? What will this church be like when we celebrate 100 years? What are we expecting God to do? Or do we just want to kind of hunker down and be comfortable? See, if you can conjure up what you think God might want to do with this place, if you don't have an idea, ask me. I'll give you a couple ideas. But the other question is, what corresponding actions are you willing to take that would be consistent with what you're expecting God to do? I want you to think about that this week and pray about that. And maybe, just maybe, the next two messages will help you out. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about building a bigger faith. And in two Sundays, we're going to talk about a faith guarantee, what God promises to those who take some corresponding actions and attach them to the faith that they have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks and praise for the faith that you've worked in our life. And the words just keep coming back to me this week. According to your faith, will it be done to you? We know that, as James says, that faith without works is dead. We need to understand that the good works that we do are not to earn our salvation. Nothing, nothing could be further from the truth, but we know that it's as simple as understanding your love, your love which is shown to us through the precious gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, and then our response to that great love that you've shown us, working faith in our hearts. Lord, build our faith. Help us to understand that we need to really have a life of expectation, but then to do those things which would correspond to what it is we believe in you to do. Lord, even in the midst of our weak faith, even as that man said in the Bible, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Build up our faith, fan it into a raging flame. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.